0: right. Hey, the next uh, podcast that we did, with me and James did, was with uh, Guy Metzger. So, um, very interesting podcast. uh, Very smart guy. We also even talked about, you know, the incident that happened at Pride 13. Uh, Talked a little bit about us fighting each other in uh, UFC 13. So, don't miss it. Check it out.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Yamato Damashi podcast. You'll see above me right now, we have two Hall of Famers, two legends of the MMA world. I'm super excited to hear this conversation. I think all of our listeners are really excited to hear this conversation. Uh, but Guy Metzger is joining the Yamato Damashi podcast today.
2: And Guy, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I appreciate you having me aboard. But we got, we got to worry about that legend thing, okay, dude? I'll I tell you something. I'm not quite a legend. <laughs> all, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not dead yet. And and I yeah, so- being a legend, okay? So this is like early in my marriage, about this series, probably about seventeen years ago. And uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are married or have a significant other that you live with a great deal or not, but you know, mm-hmm. they get something in their fucking minds and uh, and you know, you just gotta you might as well just do it the first time they ask or they last. So one of them was I had to take out the trash. She goes, baby, can you take out the trash? I said, sure. And I'm in the middle of something, right? I'm in the middle of doing some stuff. So I'm working and she goes, baby, can you take out the trash? I go, I'm going to take the trash. Give me a minute. Working, working, working. Third time, baby, take the trash. I go, babe, I'm going to take the trash out. Please, please, just leave me alone. going me get this work done. Doorbell rings. It's it's a UPS guy, right? And um, uh, you guys have UPS in England? Yeah. Okay, so UPS guy, right? Delivery guy. and. He, uh, you know, he hands me a thing and I have to sign for it and, you know, I, I you know, scribble my name and he goes, oh, uh, how do you spell I go, M-E-Z-G-E-R. He goes, And I go, yeah. He goes, are you Guy Mesker?" And I was like, yeah. He goes, dude, I'm a huge fan. Dude, you're a legend. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm meeting a legend. And my wife walks up, takes the trash, throws it in my hand, goes, well, the legend has to take out the trash. I'm <laughs> like. Legends don't take the trash out. Legends don't take the trash out. Savage. The moment that I don't have to take the trash out anymore, which is probably going to be never in this lifetime until I die. I'm not a legend. Oh, Legends
1: don't take
2: the trash out.
1: Well, I hear what you're saying, but I think in a lot of uh, a lot of people's eyes, you guys are uh, heroes for the, the generation, uh, especially is. I don't
2: mind being a hero. I just want to be a legend okay
0: cool <laughs> I feel the same way. I always tell people that fuck I feel weird I mean, I, I'm I am i am not dead it's like <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: you call me a legend I I think a lot more other people that I think are legends that I don't know if it's justified to call me a legend it's like not a legend
2: yeah <laughs> I I don't feel that old you know to be honest even though yeah. I guess I am I'm, I'm, I'm borderline. <laughs> no but that's a
1: that is a good thing right so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: you know I, I think a lot of times too, to be honest, it, it's kind of thrown out a little bit too much, and it's it's kind of ruined some of its some of its uh, mystique behind it, you know. And um, but uh, but you know, in all fairness, you know, really, uh, you were doing uh, MMA really before anybody else. I mean, people don't realize that in Japan they were doing some form of MMA. They were doing the Shudo, which was closer to mo- more modern MMA is today, and then they were doing like Pancrase uh and uh and then there were some work shoot wrestling organizations that were doing some some fake wrestling some real some real wrestling that was basically again it was a pre-runner to mixed martial arts in fact it's closer to mixed martial arts today than the no holes barred back you know you know uh at the first of the ufc the first of the ufc man think about it bro it really wasn't a sport it it, it, it was a spectacle mm-hmm. you know it was it, it wasn't about athlete, against athlete. Really, style against style. It was a promotional gig for the crazies basically in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, You know, you think about it, it really was. I mean, because how did they, how did they, how how did they, who would win? The boxer versus the wrestler, the wrestler versus the karate guy, karate guy versus Jiu Jitsu guy, Jiu Jitsu guy versus the judo guy. That's Mm -hmm. really how it was sold. And let's face it, the no rules, I mean, literally, you got to understand the very first UFC, there was no groin grabs and no eye gouges. Mm All right, that was not, that was UFC one. But there was no time limits, no weight class, no, but so UFC was calling out all the clowns, you know, the, the George Dillman's and, 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 and all the guys, you know, that were you know the phony martial arts guys. And this was this seriously, so this was George Dillman's uh, reply to, uh, to the fact that it wasn't real enough. Oh, it's not real, because you cannot add gouge or are hitting the groin. <laughs> His entire system relied on kicking people in the nuts and poking them in the eyes. If that's your entire <laughs> system, then you fucking got a weak system, right? Yeah. And so, so the UFC just took all the rules out. The UFC two, there were no rules, and, and and literally I could bite your face off, and you uh you couldn't get disqualified. And you, what what UFC were you you
0: fought in the you got you had long hair and the other guy had the fair I think guy guy's name Farron. was Farron.
1: yeah UFC yeah, 4 was isn't it?
0: that was UFC four that was uh yeah. that was nineteen ninety four yeah i remember that watching, UFC I remember watching that before i even got into the ring i was like oh fuck!"
2: yeah oh dude I, I remember first ufc i thought it was i thought it was some pro wrestling gig right i thought it was some pro wrestling you know deal that was just good you know because you've seen you know if you, you, you know, if you watch pro wrestling like back in the 60s it was much stiffer you know i mean the guys were actually getting hit you know what i mean mm. you know not not quite the theatrics it is today i mean the guys actually had kind of moves and you know to be honest, it was based on real wrestling you know just fancier right so I thought it was gonna be something like that right up to the point when the, when uh, the sumo got his teeth kicked out Or oh, uh, yeah i mean literally i don't know about you guys but the entire room went silent and somebody finally said oh shit, it's real <laughs> and, and it was like i was like holy crap and i was like oh my gosh this is insane you know it was insane so
1: what what made you want to jump in? Um, because your first like MMA fight was UFC four, right? So yeah. the, one of the alternate bouts. So what made you want to jump in after, especially seeing Taylor get his teeth knocked out?
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. What it was was, um, you know, and Anthony will, you know, we'll, we'll 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 tell you about this. You know, we, we fought for baloney sandwiches back then, man. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, you know, I mean, like I was boxing and kickboxing. And, you know, I'm doing, I, you know, by the time USC kind of came around, I, you know, I had done one eight round fight. I got paid, you know, $8,000 for it. I was on TV, uh, ESPN. And I wasn't even on the main event, you know, but I, I got on a TV card. I was kickboxing. Uh, you know, kickboxing was like, basically you got $150 a round uh, to, to box until you got on TV. And then you got paid like $100 a round to kickbox unless you got on TV right mm-hmm. and so I'm you know i I have a lot of accolades I'm the normal rated kickboxer in the heavyweight division you know I'm an undefeated boxer but I I I can't support myself you know I literally had these these crazy security jobs overseas like I do these security jobs overseas for for a couple of months make enough money you know what, what my lifestyle was is everything fit in my truck back of my truck <laughs> and I drove it into a self-storage place I'd go overseas, and I'd work the security gig. And I'd come back, take all my stuff out of the truck, go get a six-month uh, lease in an apartment. That run out, put my truck back in storage, went and went and uh, you know I went overseas again. And I did that for a while because I wanted to fight, but I couldn't live on the money I was making. And at the time, I had responsibilities. My mom wasn't doing well uh, health-wise, and uh, she had to take like, almost two years off from work. And so we're, you know, having to pay, pay, pay the way, you know, helping pay her, you know, cause she wanted to be independent and, you know, live by you know, like this. She didn't want to live with one of us. Not that living with me would have been healthy for her at that time, but, uh, but, you know, so, you know, we were making no money. And so at this point I had to make a decision, like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm in my mid twenties, which, you know, now I look back at my mid twenties, I was still a puppy, but when you're in your mid twenties, you think you're getting old and you know, I'm sitting there going, man, I gotta make some decisions, man. What am I going to do? And so literally, the guy who promoted my fights outside of Texas, a guy named Buddy Album. He promoted fights to mine like Kansas City, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, uh, one in Florida, I believe, um, and uh, yeah, Louisiana, Mississippi. Well, oh, yeah, Oklahoma. Anyways, so short, short long. He long. He, he's promoted a lot of my fights out, outside, of, outside of Texas. And um, he, he was the site promoter for the UFC at the time. And part of his contract was he could bring in two fighters and um so that's that's and so i was like all right i won't fight in this thing because i was i was thinking I, i've got i got i got to get real with my life i've got to get a job so to speak you know what i mean i can't be doing this anymore i i ended up having problems uh in the security business ended up getting the shit shot out of us i didn't get shot but our, our car got shot to pieces i was like yeah this shit ain't for me <laughs> you know i'm not a gunslinger, you know and uh, so I was like, I wasn't going to go back to that work, you know. So so I had a hard time supporting myself and my, my mom and, and and my family obligations. And so I was like, all right, man, I've got I've to gotta do something. So my idea was, all right, I knew that I could do well in this tournament. You know, I mean, in, in the deal, because what, what I saw there was a lot of single-dimensional guys. I saw guys that were really good wrestlers. I saw guys that were good judo players. I saw guys that were good judo. But nobody really had a good mixture of that. And I kind of did because... You know i was kind of like the forerunner of the the classic guy because i was an all-american wrestler i was a national level judo player and i was an undefeated boxer and uh uh number one rated kickboxer in the world so i I had a lot of skills right Mm -hmm. and and i I saw those guys and you know and i was like and nobody really wrestled back then no one was a real good wrestler back then besides ken shamrock and so i was like oh dude I, i would just double leg these dudes down and beat the shit out of them. Like I used to do in the playgrounds when I was like in kindergarten, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is, you know, so I said, okay, I'm going to go fight in this thing and then retire. Cause I knew that. I knew the UFC wouldn't last the way with the no rules. Right. I knew it wouldn't last. I, I knew they'd shut it down. Why? Because in America, we love our violence, but we also like to think of ourselves as being sophisticated and above all that. So we like to call them sports, right? So what is, what, what is football? But 11 armored knights against another 11 armored knights, right? You know, and, you know, and it's crushing. So we like our violence. We just like to disguise them and call them games and all this other stuff. And we put rules in because it fools us in believing that we're somehow more civilized, right? So I knew the idea when you take all those, you you take that pretension out, you know, you take all that pretension out with, hey, they're literally going, there's no rules, there's no time limits. There's, you know, this is the closest thing to the gladiatorial games that we're going to get in modern day. It, it was a double-edged sword it was like wow it was so intriguing to see something like that happen but it was also insulted the senses of most people most decent people that were like man that just doesn't sit right right so mm-hmm. i knew they were going to shut it down so i said okay i'm going to fight in this thing yeah hopefully win it and then i'm gonna retire get on with a job get on with my life and uh you know and just let everybody you know and just much- that, that could be my 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 grand exercise. how much should they pay you
0: how much did they pay you for that I'm sorry? How much did they pay you for that fight?
2: 5000 oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that that's...
2: But that was well, good. I always find the most... That, that that was actually good because I know Jason Perrin got 1500 oh, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, you, guys, really? you know, got more than that. N- mm. Not back then. N- not in UFC 495. Now, the, the big deal was he could potentially win $50,000. But those guys were fighting for like $1,500 to $2,000. The reason hmm. that I got the 5000 was is that um they literally wanted a, they, again because it was style against style jason farron was this jujitsu guy that was supposed to be really good and, and jason you know uh, he, he passed away a few years back but you know he was oh, handsome yeah yeah I, I i believe he killed himself but i'm not sure uh, you know um I, I don't know the whole story and uh, cause we, we it was weird we had a weird kind of relationship like you know he started coming out saying all sorts of bad stuff about me and trying to promote fights and he did crazy stuff and then then I'd get an email or a call from him and say he'd he apologize. And, and, and uh, again, it was like a bipolar girlfriend, then he berate me again. So, you know, I just kind of just like, I, you know, I felt bad for the guy, you know, because, you know, my career took off and his didn't, hmm. you know, so I was like, all right, you know, you know, yeah. there was no sense in like creating more beef for the guy than, than needed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so I just kind of blew him off. But, but anyways, but really, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that he, he was a handsome jujitsu guy with a good build easy to market behind, you know? And, 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 and I was, a, you know, I, I'm not the best looking guy, but you could do worse than me. And, um, and I could fight, you know, I was a kickboxer. So it was kind of, you know, what they were looking for is they realized that they were going to have to create stars, right? And they really thought Jason was going to be their star. Uh, and, you know, and again, remember, it was still style against style, right? So they, they really wanted a kickboxer. And after going to U.S. okay, so what I said is, I'm going to go to UFC three. They flew me out there. So, I can see it live. I just want to get the feel of it. Now, you got to understand, dude, I, I shit you not. This is like the Wild West. I don't know if you had to deal with any of this shit. I mean, literally, Chemo's people, Chemo was there with all these juice bags from Huntington Beach, all these guys acting like badass. Literally, these dudes, unbelievably big juice bags. And, and you know, they had their little gang. And then, of course, the Gracie's had their gang. And then when Chemo came running out after, after uh, Hoist, you know, threw in the towel. Uh they were gonna the, the, the Gracie gang was gonna go beat up the Huntington Beach gang. I'm like going, This is insane. I mean <laughs> seriously, I'm going, this is insane, right? It's like uh I go, I'm not gonna be part of this, right? I'm not gonna be part of it because you know I grew up in a rough life and I and, and I put that shit behind me. And you know, even my fighting business, you know, it's like I, I I never had malice in my heart when I fought somebody, even the guys I didn't like, because my personal spiritual experiences I don't think it's quite okay to beat somebody up for money i don't think it's quite okay to beat somebody up without a really good cause money not being one of them but i never had any real malice in my heart and i looked at it as being an athlete i was a wrestler all growing up wrestling is you know this was like a step above that obviously but in my heart i never had a a malice for my opponents or or malice for the for for for, i never actually enjoyed the idea of hurting my fellow man and that's kind of i don't know if that's just my own crazy justification for what Mm -hmm. i'm doing you know to abide my my spiritual beliefs but that that's what it was so I literally did not want to be part of that and yeah see because it was insane I'm, I'm watching these guys go and, and to be honest I had a confrontation and I'm a pretty easygoing guy and so if like if you if, if you cause a confrontation with me then you probably are really being an asshole all right now uh, you know I might be a little biased on that because it is my point of view but, <laughs> but I, I tend to be known as a pretty easygoing guy and and so, you know, the, the chemo's guys, man, they almost got me, I mean, literally I almost got in a fist fight with them in, in, in the um, lobby of the yeah. once or twice. So it was insane shit going on. I was like, I don't want to be part of this. And so they were like, they'd already set this whole deal with me against Jason Farron. And so they just kept adding money to it. They get, and I was like, well, so they got to $5,000, go, take it, leave it. I'll take it. <laughs> and back then, that was, that was more money I made. You know, I fought for the world championship in kickboxing for $6,000.
1: Wow. Yeah, Yeah. I think that, that I mean, that is like one of the things I think that a lot of fans like me will always gravitate towards you guys is the fact that nowadays, right? MMA, you can t- turn on the TV, you can find something It's there's so many reasons why people are jumping in the sport, right? It's all about being famous and money, whereas you yeah. guys were doing it at a time where it was like, there's no, there was no certainty, right? If the sport was about to be banned in the States. And, and even in Japan, it didn't take off until what, like 97 98
2: sort of thing. So well, actually, MMA, but you got to understand <clears throat> the, the reason I, I, I mean, I can't speak uh, uh, for some But I know for me personally, if it wasn't for japan i i'd i'd, I'd, I'd quit because japan you know they, they uh, you know ken got me in with the pancreas organization i got to fight every six weeks and i started off making ten thousand dollars a fight it went up from there right you know and so yeah i mean there, there was more money in japan i mean we we mm-hmm. probably couldn't do our careers if we were in america mm-hmm. at least being pro- full-time professional fighters you know in japan so, chris was the shit. though so pancreas mm-hmm. was
0: Like the thing to do, Shuto was still bootleg, but Pancreas they had they they created stars. The music was awesome. You know, I used to go watch Pancreas. I wanted to put in Pancreas. You know, the funny part is, is
2: like their their media machine was so amazing that you you understand in Japan they have a they have a they have a store called Lawson's. It's kind of like a Seven-Eleven's convenience store. There's one, there's one on every corner, if not two on every corner, right? And, And and they, they, Lawson's has everything. Not only does it have food and all this, but if you get, if let's say you passed out in the middle of the road from drinking too much, you can go there and get a dress shirt. So you can go to work and I'll be late for work. You can get autograph boards. Literally they have autograph boards. And so we're sitting there and I'm walking around Japan. It's my first trip in Japan. Now you understand my first trip to Japan, you know, I'm just wide eyed and, and I've always wanted to go to Japan, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and uh you know, I'm fascinated. And I watch these guys, they look and they and they, they look over and they're like and you hear them like get all excited and they're looking at me. I'm thinking, oh shit, what I do wrong, right? They run into this lawsuits, they come out and they and they all and like six guys had autograph boards. And I, I was like, Oh shit. They they knew who I was. Pancrace did such a good job about promoting. They knew who I was was before I ever got there, they recognized me on the street. Wow, yeah, they recognized me on the street. And wanted autographs. I signed six autographs as my first time tiny autographs. Mm. Well, actually I guess did a little bit in Europe, but you know, like but like in a big time deal, um, yeah. was was there. And that's how good their promotion was. And yeah, and, and right. therefore we, we got paid pretty good uh, living, you know. Mm. Um, and and uh, you know, and again you could fight six every six weeks, so you know, and it was cash. You gotta mm-hmm. saying? they paid you cash.
1: Well what, what was some you have
2: ten grand per fight. I got like I think I got three grand to fight in
0: Shuto.
1: Wow, <laughs> different stage.
2: Well, they're taking advantage of the local boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> guy, what were some of your first impressions of when you came to Japan? Because we, we, me and Ensign, we did an episode on on his first impressions, and uh obviously, you know, it was a bit different for Ensign because you got the background, you know, you were, your grandparents were Japanese, right? So you kind of, but you were, still had a big culture shock. But I'm wondering for you, guy, like, how how much of a culture shock was it for you?
2: Oh. It, well, you know, here, here's the funny part is that, you know, my, my, my mom said, guy, if you're not sure, keep your mouth shut and your eyes open. So I've been living that advice pretty, pretty, much. It's like, I, I would sit around and, 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 and I would just like, walk. I would, I'm very, I, I became very observant of what was going on. Yeah. It was a complete shock to me and you got to understand something. This is the nineties. Okay. And there was a cultural revolution going on, uh, socially in Japan. That was different than any other time in japanese history and it started a few years in the late 80s you see you gotta understand most japanese people they you know they they were very corporate minded right so if you went to work for sony you probably worked your whole entire life for sony right you'd start out entry level work your way up and everything your pension everything was just planned out you know you work for a toyota same thing and so in the 90s, they started recruiting people from other countries to do these consulting jobs where you would work for, a, you know, you work for a contract. You work six months or a year. And that was kind of new. That was like real new. Uh, it was I mean, I should say the level of which they did that was new. They, they have always had that. But they, the level in which they did it like a massive level. And uh, and there was also a cultural deal is that the Japanese, the younger Japanese were, you uh, you know, we're breaking away from that, the, the classical conditioning. And um, I remember uh, having conversations with the uh, handlers from Pancrase because, uh, you know, they were talking about how that was and how it was different for them. And, you know, because they were younger and it says, and, and they were caught between that, that they're slightly older, but not young enough, you know, to be in this kind of revolution. And they didn't, you know, know where they fit in. And, and it was interesting for me to, to pick it up. And uh, so, you know, timing probably couldn't have been any better for the combat athlete because it, it, it pulled from that the ancient fighting culture of Japan. But we were rock stars. So really what we were, we were samurai rock stars. Right. So, you know, so, our, you know, and I learned that these, you know, you know, we we we, we, t- we touched on the you know, the ancient roots of, of, of combat, you know, which every culture, not just the Japanese, but every major culture has that. Right. We, we revere it. And um, so and then the other thing is we we, we appealed to this this modern new era of young independence that is kind was new uh, being being these rock stars, you know, living larger than life. Uh, you know, be honest, getting tattoos in Japan was taboo for a long time because it was considered gangster stuff. Kind of still huh? is.
0: Huh? <laughs> Kinda, still is.
2: Yeah, still is. But, you know, but then non-gangsters and 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 no, starting to get t- tattoos, which was like, wow, that was unheard of, right? You know what I mean? And, and so there was just there, there was a real kind of a cultural change that was happening, and we just happened to be in the middle of the storm of it. And I think we benefited from it. I think we really, I, I think we really benefited from it, because um, to, to be honest, more people knew me who I was in Japan than in my own hometown. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I mean nobody, nobody, nobody came up. Nobody ran into 7-Eleven, got an autograph board for me to sign in the uh, in the United States, <laughs> you know, but they did all the time in Japan. You know, fans are real respectful too in Japan. Yes. Very different. Yeah, and I think that's what also too is I think a lot of the guys, you know, we, we under, you know, you know, we were briefed on how to act. You know what I mean? How to act? How to be respectful? Don't be an asshole. Don't do this. There are certain things you can do and can't do. There's certain trouble you can cause, certain trouble you can't cause, and uh, by and large, most of the Lions, them guys, adhere to that. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's probably well, one reason why we, you know, we're welcome back there. And and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and two, you know, like I said, I think, like I said, I think we were just in a really interesting time culturally there that uh, that uh, allowed us to, uh, you know, really really benefit. And like I said, is. My, my brother's got me a shirt and said, I'm real famous in Japan. And it was actually a, a joke because a baseball player that American baseball player went over to Japan and, you know, there's a lot of American baseball players that play over played in Japan. And he made the same comment that he played like in the eighties. He goes, he goes, yeah, man, people know my, know my birthday, my shoe size in Japan. I said, people don't even know who I am, you know, and, and I've been living in this town for 30 years. Right. And so you know, so there, like I said, it was kind of a it was kind of a, a weird day because mm. we, we we were literally more famous mm-hmm. in Japan than we were in the United than States
1: when you come home. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So um, I'm going to jump around a little bit in terms yeah. of uh, timeline. But, um, you know, one of the big reasons we want to do this podcast with you guys is that uh, I don't know if you, how much have you seen of stuff we've done, but we break down each one of Enson's fights and we you know the next fight on the list is actually the UFC 13 fight and uh yeah. I was really curious to get you guys you know together and just sort of hear a bit about about that you know that I, event. I'll,
2: I'll tell you how this, I I'm real grateful uh I'm real grateful for, Edson for that for that fight because um I I was I was nervous as shit fighting uh the idea uh of, of fighting uh what what's his name now i um, you aren't Barbie. Um, um Leninger. Huh? No, Royce. Alga. Royce Alga. Yeah, Royce Alger. Yeah, Royce Alger. Okay, <gasps> you understand something. Royce Alger, uh, like being a wrestler, he was like he, he's he's like a year or two older than me, right? But he was guys I realized he was a two time World Cup champion and he was two time NCAA champion. And and I was a college wrestler, but I'm not gonna kid myself. I wasn't that guy's level. And all I could think of is, like, I, I was, I, you know, I got a bunch of wrestlers, a, a bunch of Division One wrestlers, a couple of All-Americans. You helped me train for that fight. And dude, these guys would, get, would hold me down where I couldn't move. I'd be like, holy shit. If if Alger gets me like this, I'm going to be screwed. And uh, I was like, and so when they did the lineup, I was real relieved because I was a national level judo player. I wasn't, the, I wasn't a national champion or anything like uh like Christoph, but Chris you know but I was good enough that I could I, I guarantee I could do judo with him and and not embarrass myself at all you know but I know what he couldn't do with me was box with me so mm-hmm. you know so when 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 that lineup came I was I was much more relieved I you know I'll be honest I thought that was gonna be a much tougher fight for you than than it was I mean th- you handled that fight uh amazingly well you did the same thing to Randy Couture uh and you know uh just you you, you you did a, I thought was, you know, unbelievably smart um, tactic on, on on what you were doing. You know, your ability, you're good enough wrestler to sort of slow down the initial attack. Um, and when they, you know, were going to get the position, you know, take down position on you, you were able to get your hips out and, and do something that they weren't accustomed to. I thought it was yeah. a really good job. I mean, to be honest, I was, uh, I was you know, I really figured that you would have a much tougher fight And i didn't realize he got poked in the eye at the time because i was like i was like you know this is going to be you know because my fight i broke my hand in the fight and uh i didn't expect my fight to go the distance i thought for sure i was going to knock him out but you could hit that you could hit that guy with a freaking sledgehammer you are not knocking him out yeah he's tough energizer bunny man
0: yeah
1: yeah so i mean just
2: i was actually looking forward
0: to the fight because I think my fight was like a minute and 30 and guy yeah. had like long legs. Yeah. That's yeah. Holy shit. I'm fresh. He's had a crazy fight. This is going to be good. But you know what happened to me was uh, I went into the – I didn't even thought I – I think I got hit or anything. I went into the bat and did that – the most basic rule is I, I said, oh, I got – something got blood in my nose. I blew my nose. Oh, shit. And I just swelled up. The air just, I guess I had a crack in my, I had a little crack in my faceplate or I don't know what it is. The doctor came in and he told me, Oh, you got a crack in your faceplate if your eye blew up when you blew your nose. And I said, I said, but I'm okay. I still can see out of this eye. I'm okay. He said, No, no. Fight's over. I'm like, fuck that. I got to fight. Guy's tired. I'm not tired. I got to fight. And he said, No, you're done. I'm like, fuck, you know? So that was a that what happened with me. I had a I had
2: a little, fracture. I guess,
0: a little fracture in my face plate, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean,
2: that, I yeah that. Yeah, Well, that you know that makes sense on the fight. But to be honest, man, I'm glad we didn't fight. You know, uh, you know, uh, although we did launch Tito's career because of that, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm not sure if that was a good thing or a bad thing for for the world. Uh, uh, Things, but. I, 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 to be honest, you know, with Tito, he really did a lot as much as I don't think people give him credit. You know, I mean, you know, his his bad boy attitude, you know, and all that kind of stuff was kind of perfect for the time, you know, because they still they was still kind of going this rebellious, you know, all everyone trying to set us, you know, trying to set, you know, shut us down. And, you know, and he had a good gimmick and stuff, you know, as you know, was just, you know, I'll be honest, I might not have fought because I broke my hand on Lineager's head. If I had to fight you, I would have probably not done it. But I, fighting Tito and I saw him fight, I was like, you know, I didn't give him enough credit for as smart as he would have been, you know. But I was like, oh, fuck, I can knock this kid out with one hand. You know what I mean? And, and really, I, 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 with you, I would have probably said, nah, I need two good hands <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> for this fight. And I would have probably probably not fought, you know. But So um,
1: when you guys were backstage, were you able to watch each other's fights? Was it kind of... Or would you just walk out and like watch the fight or like, how how no, does they, it they work?
0: Yeah. They had, Say yeah, oh, they had okay. him on. I watched his fight. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. He's having a fucking war,
2: man. Yeah, dude. I'll tell you something, man. That guy, I'm used to knocking people out. You that know, guy was I mean, connected with that many right hands. I, no, not, not many people that I've ever hit that many times with that solid right hand that I have not put to sleep. And then when I caught him on top of the head... I I broke my hand I it didn't really hurt then it actually hurt much later on I mean it hurt but like I could still use it it wasn't until much later on after after the fight uh that it, it, you know I, I really realized it but um but you know he just took some hard ass shots I mean I needed. Yeah. It. I mean it like oh. dead in the face twice right in the chin like when you hear the joggo go <clears throat> that, that, that like and he walked through it man I I, I was like I, I got a little discouraged near the end. To be honest, I was like, right, "This just going to have to go to a decision because, you know, I I got to the point where then my hand started hurting a little bit, and uh, you know, and and he was just like he just kept coming. I'll give him a lot of credit. I, I, I hear he had a, I hear he had a stroke, and he's had some problems since, which I which is too bad because, uh, yeah, he he was he was a class act. He, he really was. He was, a, he, you you know, he he was a good. What I remind remember, like mine is a good old school martial arts. Guy, right? You know who? You know who? Who was like, um, you know, real super respectful, but super tough. You know, and uh, kind of one of those guys that, outside the fact he was built like a pit bull, um, you know, he's he's the type of guy that's so nice that you'd make the mistake on the street of being an asshole to, and he'd drop you on your head in a split second. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. but he was just a solid guy, and, and I hope his health is good. You know, we're yeah. all getting up there. We're all starting our starting to have our issues. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: So with a tournament, right? I've always been curious. Did you guys prepare for it differently than perhaps just you know other fights in your career when you knew you're going to be fighting just once? Is it does it change quite a lot in terms of preparation?
2: It did for me. For I mean, did for you too, right? Yeah. It was,
0: no. no, we're going to fight. You know, yeah, if you I win, fight, but hey,
2: let's thing do it. About it is that, you know, <laughs> it, we got to the point, and you know, the <laughs> one advantage that me and Simpson both have is that we came from a multi-style fighting. By the time I fought in UFC 13, I don't know, I had 20 or so or more, possibly. I don't even remember. uh and kind of craze fights, you know? Yeah, and yes. um, and, and, then, and then you take that with all the wrestling bouts that I had on all the judo bouts and the sambo bouts and the karate bouts and the kickboxing bouts and the boxing bouts, right? So really what it was was there was, you know, by the time that – and jiu-jitsu had already been – Explain, so to speak there wasn't gonna be any surprises coming to us from the jujitsu world right you know we we understood you know how to you know we understood how to defeat it you know and and you know because at time it was you know something new for most people i mean it wasn't certainly new to me because i was a judo player um you know but 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 you know the fact that they pull guard pull guard was not something you did in judo so you know um you know so, but, but, you know, I, I, knew what an arm bar was and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. by the time I came from Pancrase, man, I knew heel hooks, arm knee bars, you know, toe hooks, all this, this stuff. So really, the, the fact of the matter is, was, I, I think the difference was is that I'm so glad that I went through that process. Then, then if I it went to UFC four, because uh, the reason that I didn't end a tournament in UFC four was that me and Anthony Macias were the two guys that buddy album wanted to, to go. Right. And so we flipped a coin to see who went in the tournament. And we both wanted to go in the tournament. And he won. So I got to think. And I, it actually was probably a blessing for me mm-hmm. because I got to see how it worked. And then I got launched into U after UFC five. I I, I fought another alternate. I, I was supposed to fight in the tournament at UFC five, but Oleg uh Tukarov was mm-hmm. with, you know he was living with me at the time and he had some passport issues. So he didn't know if he saw. So I had him take my place and I went to an alternate position that he was gonna go to. And um and then after that, I went to Pancrase, but I'm glad I did. Because Really what the Pancrase uh, deal did was it—it, it, uh, um, I, I got to basically do MMA fights, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 20 or 30. I don't remember how many I did, but by then. And it, and, and it allowed me to – nothing, nothing was going to surprise me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing
2: was going to surprise me, okay? And, I, and, and that was the key. And, yeah, did we have to prepare? The, the problem was, is like, yeah, you, you know, we only had to fight two matches that night instead of three but you know um but i was accustomed to fighting tournaments i mean all full contact karate tournaments they're they're minimum of 16 to 32 people a, a tournament you know mm-hmm. um and i had won the i won the ranking match which was was three fights and one night in Pancrase. um you know so that you know so i i think the yeah it, what you prepared for was a long ass war and you know because there were, back then it was 15 it was 12 minutes 12 minutes for the match and three minute overtime. So you basically had to say you had to be able to do 30 minutes and i had done mm-hmm. 30 minutes in one bout, uh, in pancreas you know, that, that were the timelines there were 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, uh, 15, 20 minutes like that.
1: So what about nowadays, right? Would you, I don't know how much you keep up with the sport now guy, but I'm curious, like, is it something you'd like to see come back in terms of tournaments? I mean, so we talked about it, uh, the New Year's Eve show for Ryzen, they had the Bantamweight uh, Grand Prix where there was, you know, the guy, it was the semifinals and the finals. Um, so it kind of made a little bit of a return in it. And I like it, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, is it something you guys would like to see back again?
2: That's a good question. I, I don't know, what do, you, what do you think?
0: For me, I like it because uh, as a fan watching the fights, there's a storyline of this guy meeting this guy. But I don't like it because it's really the luck of the draw. <clears throat> and sometimes you got these two fighters you really want to see, but this guy hurt his hand, so he can't fight as well, or he had a harder fight, so he's not fresh. So you don't really get to see the elite of both of them at the time. So in a, in a sense, I do like it because it's in, it's exciting as a fan watching it, but as a fighter wanting to see two fighters against each other, sometimes you're not going to get the – the top of their game because yes. of the injuries or the, the luck of the draw. So yeah. I'm half and half on that.
2: Yeah. I, I, I kind of in the same, same boat as you. I mean, you know, uh, I, I feel like the tournaments generally aren't fair. I mean, listen, yeah. the, the difference, you know, like I'll be honest last year, uh, prime example is I just use my son in regionals, you know, he, he, he went to state last year. Uh, but, the, the, the three top wrestlers in the state or the about well, three out of the four top wrestlers in the state all came from the same region and because of covid they could only take two wrestlers instead of four normally they take one through four to state but because of yeah. covid they're only taking two and and so so the the difference was is that my son uh went one and one against this one kid and and oh and one against this other 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 boy and so they're all in the same tournament regionals. Now, one guy's not going to state who should have been going to state. He should have been going to state. And my son, you know, my son uh, beat him. He ended up taking second at regionals. He lost to the kid who ended up winning state that year. Uh, that, that kid ended up that, 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 that beat. But, but, but it was all in the fact the way that, my, that the tournament was laid out. My son had two easier matches. This other kid had, had one easy match, one tough match. Then he met my son. And, and my son was just more rested because they're doing it, and you know, because they're very close. They went one and one, and my son, you know, beat this kid by one point. Uh, but it also wore my son's ass out. So when he was in the finals, he was going against this kid that he, he, you know, that he's already beaten this year. But he was so tired that mm-hmm. he, you know, that he got, you know, he got, he got beat. And so what we're looking at is, yeah, is is it romantic sounding these terms, but, but yeah, is it really? Te- but it doesn't really show who's the best. Yeah. And it comes down to who, you know, uh, it well, might show the best because the guy has all the tough matches and he still wins. Yeah, that might be the case. But at the level that these guys fight at now, you know, here's the difference back, back in our day, there was like, I would say maybe five guys who could be a champion at any, any point, any given point. Today there's like 20 guys who could be champion at any point. Right? So just, just first of all, there's a lot more fighters. They're better prepared. You know what I mean? And so, really, it comes down to a lot of the luck of the draw with a lot of these guys. Yeah. Tournament, you, know? you know, and so I'm against them. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, if, I, if I had to lean for it, you know, I mean, I always kind of advocate towards the, 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 the athlete versus advocate towards the fan because mm-hmm. the fans aren't the ones out there spilling their blood, you know. And so, yeah, do I, do I appreciate how the fans like it? Yeah, I, I get it. I understand it. But I also appreciate the fact that, you know what these guys are laying their heart well people don't realize every time just so you know i'm a doctor now so i'm actually coming from a scientific thing here yeah. every time you get hit in the head you go to the grave world period yeah. that's the way it is so you know so we're going out there and, and it's one thing why i'm one thing i loved about japan is that they're fans they love you i still get fan mail now from fans yeah. in Japan awesome. you know I mean?
1: awesome. they, they
2: still yeah. reach out to me they still want literally I'll, I'll get them little they'll send me my old trading cards you know they had the Pancrase trading cards and I'm like, <laughs> you know and they, they want me to sign them and stuff like this and hell I'm in Japan like since I mean as a competitor since 1998 you know I don't know how many years that is but it's a long time right <laughs>
0: so, yeah
1: well, I yeah,
0: still get my arenas guy when I go to the arenas to watch fights
2: I still get pictures and people want autographs. It's crazy. Absolutely, because because you cause you're what, you're a hero to them, and regardless of the fact that you maybe not be the same person as they, they, they don't look at you like that. They look at it. They look at you like you know, like like you you were back then. And, and I love that about Japan. Not so much in America. The problem with America is it's what, you know we're a very disposable society. Mm-hmm. All right, and it, and you can get upset about it or you just accept it. I accepted a long time ago. You know, in America, we root for the underdogs. When I was the underdog, because I was, like, when I was boxing and kickboxing, I was a very small heavyweight, right? I weighed 195 pounds to 200 pounds. And I just didn't want to cut the cruiserweight because there was no, cruiserweight's 190 pounds. There's just no money in cruiserweight, right? So I fought as a heavyweight, and, and everybody, listen, I was this underdog. I was an undersized underdog. Everybody, literally, I had everybody. Didn't, I'd go to people's, other people's hometown, and they were still rooting for me, right, because I was this underdog. So the oh, this- I was a champ, you know, then it started shifting and people were like, we need to lose and wanting to do this and stuff. And so we get very much like, we, you know, again, it's like having a bipolar girlfriend, you know, one minute they want you to do it and then they don't. And so it's like, it, 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 you can get upset and I can understand how come some of the younger fighters get upset. Because when I did, I, when, I, when I, you know, I fought for my first world championship in kickboxing, I lost. And I remember people kind of being like, oh, you know, told you it wasn't any good. <laughs> i'm not even good i just i just fought for the world championship i mean how does that not make me good right you know? yeah so yeah so,
1: uh, so i mean know, it's so, worth like these I said,
2: days. i advocate more towards the athlete because the athlete you know he's 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 sacrificing a tremendous amount
1: yeah no
2: a amount. whether he knows it or not he's, you know what's, he's sacrificing a tremendous amount you know what's funny about that the fans are so awesome but
0: I wanted, what I wanted to, one of the questions I wanted to ask the guy was about the promotions, you know, like the promotions yeah. were different, you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> dude, dude, they fucked you and me. They, they, well, they, they, with us. They, they fucked you and me on that deal. When I fought your brother, they asked me, they, they had this whole deal. They go, hey, if you win, we wanna set up a fight between you guys, between us, right? And we want you, you know, this thing. I was like, okay, so, and they told me you were in on it, that, that you were gonna announce coming out of retirement. In this whole nine yards, so I'm sitting there going, "I'm sitting Keep there." The you're look. like, "You're looking at me like what?" And I'm like, "Yeah, hold tight." I go, "I go, I go, I, I go, I, I go." I go, "Hey, hold tight. You, you're gonna like," I said "You're gonna love this one, right?" So, I, you know, I did this whole, you know, I even put myself up as the heel in it, right? You know what I mean, kind of thing, you know. And next thing I know, you knew nothing about it, and he's freaking the fuck <laughs> out, and I'm like going, "I realized oh shit," and they <laughs> fucked us. They they, 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 they they they've absolutely fucked us and and the interesting part was you had not i mean you had i mean what you did to uh 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 kawasaki uh, uh kawasaki and that was because it, it was this one handler and he did you to, see that were you there when i did that no but i heard about it everybody heard about how you had your your foot on his neck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know so they didn't you know it, it ended up backfiring on them because that you yeah. know you know they, they weren't shooting straight with with us and stuff and they would do shit like that all the time yeah I mean, you know, every one of my decisions outside of like when i got stopped you know what i mean every one of my decisions in japan after after that fight and the other fights i lost by a split decision yeah every single one of them i Imagine remember that. what's the odds of I that remember went in the ring i
0: went to check on egan and then you came up to me goes hey yeah, it's not personal what i'm going to do now i'm like i said hey <laughs> i got i got it go, I go, I go, I go, I yeah, you're, you beat my brother skirt and skirt. What's person? He goes, no, what I'm going to say. I'm like, the fuck are you going to say? And he said, I'm going to call you out. I'm like, you know I'm fucking retired. Why are you going to call me out? He goes, you told me I have to. I said, yeah. no. Well, I, go,
2: well, I go, I go, I go. go. do fucking do
0: it go, if I, you don't I, want to. <laughs> well, I know.
2: I, I kept going. I kept going. I kept going. Well, that, that was the funny part because when I started doing it, I'm in the middle of doing this because I was sitting there like this. I'm like, what do I do? And I, and I, and I, and I to be honest, I should have asked more questions, but. We were in the spot, you know. I mean, we were in that spot. That moment, it was like, you know. And,
1: yeah, it's but, crazy. You can see it on camera.
2: Everyone's you know, watching. The problem is in Japan is is that they're not those fights. They're they're not they're not any subject to any kind of commission. You know, so they can do basically what they want. And so, yep. as bad as the UFC can, the UFC is not subjected to the Muhammad Ali Act, right? The Muhammad Ali Act came back in the uh late 70s uh early 80s um, yeah basically allows uh, it, it it disallows the promotions to own the contracts the sanctioning body the whole nine yards right so they, they can't do that all right so so basically allows the athletes to become you know independents. it allows the athletes to be able to promote themselves get in you know in the stuff and like a lot of athletes have I mean Mayweather you know uh, uh golden boy productions um you know uh even even back in the uh late 70s early 80s um, um, um God who's heavyweight champ i got uh larry holmes larry holmes started you know became his own promotion part two so, and that was all that was all uh, because of muhammad ali Act. and so these guys made a lot more money and they deserved it okay they're not a single fighter out there that has made millions of dollars who did not deserve it. Why because he stepped in the ring And like I said, every time you get punched in the head you get to die sooner All right And and I don't care what anybody says and the other man is like the only guy who can't really appreciate this is a guy who's never stepped in the ring You take your fucking life in your hands when you step in the ring You are now chances are you're gonna be able to go you're gonna be You're gonna be just fine, right? Because i've had 145 professional fights thousands of amateur fights and i'm okay, right but there could have been one where I wasn't, right? At any point, yeah. there could have been one where I wasn't, all right? There could have been one that ended my, 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 my life or, or my, my ability to do stuff. So every time one of those guys make the money like this, is as much as like, you know, sometimes I don't like that individual person as, as a person, but I, I respect the fact that he does what he does, and he deserves it. He deserves to get in there and, and, and get his money. What makes me sad is all the clown fights that are going on now, you know with the youtube guy and all that kind of stuff that makes a mockery of the guys who are really sacrificing and and really doing it right you know and you know that, that that's a part that makes me upset you know that, that I, I look at that and they, they make a clown ship out of something that you know you know I, I i don't put it on a pedestal you know any more than any other athletic sport but you know but i do understand the sacrifice that we make i mean think about think about everything that we've we've done you know because here's the thing you do not play fighting you play football, and you play basketball, and you can play soccer, but you don't play fighting. You don't play. You don't play MMA. You don't play kickboxing. You don't play boxing. You don't play wrestling. It's fucking war. It is war. I don't care what anybody says. It's war, and it should be respected that way. It should be respected that way. And the athletes deserve a lot more than they're getting. Um, you know, and you know, especially the ones that are that that are you know at the top of the, the top of the heap. I don't think everybody deserves it. You know what I mean? But I think that i mean everyone deserves respect and everyone deserves enough to make a good living but the guys who really rise to the top is because you know it doesn't matter how how much god-given talent you have that's not what makes you the champ because i will tell you something both of us we ain't the most god-given athletes the reason that we were the champs is that we made ourselves champs because we work harder than everybody else Hmm. i was not gifted with super speed or super strength or you know uh, anything like that you know but I was gifted with two things i was gifted with a tremendous amount of derma, de- de- determination and i was gifted with being stupid enough to not realize i wasn't supposed to be the champ so i was like "Fuck it if they can be a champ i can be the champ didn't matter how unrealistic that seemed to most people i believed it i guarantee you did too i guarantee <laughs> it that's why you were the champ that you were that's why you were the most dominating fighter in the in shooto history uh when it comes to, comes to what's going on that's why you were not necessarily because you were the best athlete but you. I'm not discounting how good athlete you are, and I'm not discounting how good athlete I was. We're we're obviously exceptional athletes. But we weren't the best athletes. But we were, was determined. Mm -hmm. And that determination goes with every single one of the champions out there that is. is, And some of them just happen to be more physically talented than other ones. But there's plenty of guys still winning, still busting their ass that aren't as physically talented, still the champ. And that deserves respect. Yeah. Absolutely respect because you can't do that with other sports. If yeah, you can't if you can't slam dunk a basketball then you aren't playing basketball, you know what I mean? You know, if you know, if you if you don't weigh 300 pounds and can run a, you know, a four or 540 and be able to do a two and a half foot box jump, you're not playing the line on the professional football. Those guys are generic yeah. freaks, right? You know, they are. I always get a kick out of my friends who go, I could have played professional football. I have a consulting business that work with professional football players. I'm like, no, you couldn't <laughs> because these guys are freaks at levels you wouldn't understand. And and, mm. and the one thing about the fight business, you don't have to be a freak to still be the champ. If you're willing to bust your ass, you're willing to put out it on the things. That you know, because I would have never, if it came down to how being physically gifted, I wouldn't have been the champ. Mm. You know. And and there's a lot of guys that are like that, and that's what I respect. Mm. You know. I, you know, I guys. Going um, going back to that incident
0: in Pride thirteen, um, yeah. I wanted to. I never got to thank you for um, being honest to me about it. You came. You came to the locker room after and told me, "Hey, Ensign, uh, you talked to Saka Kibana, He's the one who told you he was lying to me, telling me that someone in the back office must have done this." I'm super sorry. We'll talk about it. We ended up. We ended up uh, meeting the next day in the lobby of the Hilton, and he actually gave me twenty grand cash to to apologize for what they did. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah and not, you know,
2: I felt bad about that because you know, it's like. I understand the promotion end of stuff, you know, calling somebody out, not really my thing, but right. you know, I'll do it, you know, you know, mm-hmm. promotion. but the one thing I, the look on your face, I'll be honest, I, I, I was, <laughs> well, I was embarrassed. I realized, <laughs> I, I realized that, that I, that, that I fucked up. I realized that I was wrong. And, um, and that like my agent at the time, he, he was there and I looked straight at him and he looked, I mean, the look on his face was like, Oh my God! what the fuck just happened right mm-hmm. they like i mean he's they lied to him I mean that's how come we did the thing you know he put you know you know me it was him, it was uh uh it was Michael I was my agent and uh Kawasaki
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh me and we you know and they were like, hey you, you do this I'm like, yeah, I was like, is there, cause I remember going I'm not the guy who calls people out right you know it's just not my stick right you know what I mean you know um you know and I, they like, yeah, so they got, you know you know I'm like all right, you know, I mean, you know, you know, you know, be honest, it would have been, it would have been a great moneymaker for him if we did fight. You know, be honest, I mean, you know, the, you know, there were, there were very few guys that had, had a really good pull in America, and, a really good pull in Japan, right? So, you know, having us, having us fight, that was, that was a really, that, that made a lot of sense. I get why, why they wanted to do it because, you know, there was the guys that were still, you know, crushing it. You know, the bigger guys, you know, you know. You know, Vidor was coming in and uh, Maguera and, uh, and, you know, and, and Coleman, all those guys, they still, you know, their storyline was starting to get old. And so we had, we had a great storyline. Why? We didn't see each other in UFC. You know, obviously, we get, you know, it gets to be handling pride. And we both enjoyed a, a very good audience in America and a very good audience in Japan. Yeah, you know, and you know, we're probably a slightly better audience in Japan for both of us than America, but we both were well known in America and both well respected as athletes. So, selling I think it, America, a too, it would have been good, too, man.
1: Yeah, yeah it been good fight.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I always like, I always put these fights in there. Like, I, I go, there are certain fights, like, because I, I believe that I can figure out how to beat win any fight, right? There's a couple of guys, like, I'm never very delusional about my skill set, so I go, I can usually figure out. I'm a smart fighter. I usually figure out how to beat him. There's like a couple guys that I, I absolutely say that I, I don't know how I would beat. One of them is John Jones in his prime. I don't know how I would beat him. And John, I, I, to be honest, totally, honestly, in his prime, in my prime, you know, I mean, I always had knockout power, but maybe, you know, you know, maybe I, you know, do that. But he fights uh, similar to how I fight. He's just longer and better, better athlete than I do. Uh, he probably picked me apart. And the other one was Vitor in his, in his prime. And, uh, I'm not, you know, like, you know, I, I would do this, but I think most of all, I, there's a, I think I could beat him whether, whether I could or not, I don't know. But, but in my brain, I would, but there's fights that you go, you don't really want that fight, even if you win it, because it's going to shorten your life. And <laughs> I, I put, I put you and Rampage Jackson are two guys I was supposed to fight, right? At one yeah point or another that I'm glad I didn't because both of them would have shortened my life It didn't matter if I won the fight or lost the fight it had have been such a tough fight <laughs> that my life would have been shortened from it you know what I mean and I'm like yeah I'm glad those didn't come about
1: what why, why didn't the there, rampage there, there's fight happen.
2: Fights like that, that there's a, you know that I'm glad this not come about
1: well how come the rampage fight didn't happen because uh, I saw that was a cancelled bout
2: I don't remember exactly I think it was something on I think it was something on hand uh, injury or uh right. I don't remember. I'll be honest. I don't remember. I just remember. Yeah. I just remember. To be honest, I was like, you know, it's like, like I said, I think like I was still pretty much in my prime. I was probably on the downside of my career a little bit, but still good enough where I thought I could beat him. But it was one of those things where you're gonna take such a fucking beating from him, you know, whether you win the fight or not, that it's just like, yeah, I don't really want that. <laughs> and then the same with you. I, I think, man, you know, with you, it's like I was gonna be like, I'm gonna, hit, it doesn't matter how many times I hit you. One thing about you is you don't mind. You're not scared. It's not like I can hit you and intimidate you with the shout. I hit you. You're gonna start swinging fucking handballs at me. <laughs> you know you do. I mean you do. It, 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 you know, and you watch the fight and you go swing handballs at me. And it's like one of those. You know I can't block them all, so I'm gonna get clocked a couple times. And it's like you know you know you know how it is, dude. You start putting up. You start putting. Suddenly you start laying a jab. You you crack that right hand on somebody or with me it tends to be my left round kick right you know i get a left round kick on somebody they start hesitating to come in you you aren't the type of guy to do that you're going to be in my face more so it's going to be a much more difficult fight for me you know than it really is that then i really would want right you know especially at that point in my career you know i was like you know there was just a, you know I, I knew i was on kind of on the downside of my career you know just because i had so many fights at that point literally i, yeah. I think when we were supposed to fight that I was at 145 fights. Yeah, you fought a lot. I, I had, had 25 fights, fights in my life. I had 25. I was I'm a baby. <laughs> you had so yeah, 25. Much. Think about it. 25 is more is more fights than most guys' entire careers, right? You know, you think about most guys out there that are good. They, they, they don't have 25 fights. You know, not not real ones. Not not good mm-hmm. ones, right? And so, yeah, and I had so many. I was like, I wasn't that old physically. I mean, age wise, but physically, I was I was
0: oh that was super interesting that was the end of part one so hey you guys stay tuned for part two we talked to guy more and got some interesting stuff so look out for part two guys right on